All right, welcome back into the studio for another week of CFB Mondays. We got Carson and David as usual. Um, we open up this podcast, I will say, with a huge event that happened this week. The us, us three actually on this podcast met Caleb Williams. Um, that was very fun. That was very fun to see. You'll get the boys' take on that. But another thing I'd like to say is shout out to uh, NTBS and NTG back home um, for New Trier. They were a big part of this podcast last year, so I have to shout them out. They're doing very well to start their seasons, and uh, NTBS is looking at the playoffs um, in a couple of weeks. So anyways, we're going to get back into, uh, some college football this week. And it's, it's a really fun episode. Fourth and 10 is back for the second week. One of the, one of the most fun episodes we've had so far on Petty's pod. And that's a big, that's a big statement. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into it. And, uh, it's a fun episode. So stay tuned in, stay locked in and, uh, let's get into it. Hey, well, studio, uh, another episode of CFB Mondays. We got Carson and David in the studio. What's going on, guys? Ready to talk some college football. Excited for the picks section, but we'll get we'll get to that. Excited to be here, man. Always, always CFB Mondays, always a blast. But uh, let's get into the most important thing first, and that is that we met Caleb Williams. Oh, the Friday night before the ASU game, he was down here. We we met him. Carson wants to say a few words. That's the team. Oh, I mean. I have no. I actually have no words. Oh, okay. I mean, the next Patrick Mahomes, the next. I mean, now we gotta root for him to be the goat. Literally, I next mean, Washington Commanders legend. Caleb no, Williams. next Denver Broncos legend. I can't wait. Yeah, that's basically we just had to start off by saying that. Yeah, pretty kind of a big deal. Kind of out of nowhere, but also a very big deal. Yeah. Um, but let's get let's get straight into uh let's get straight into this weekend of uh. Of college football, and we're going to start off with the uh, the first segment we like to uh, we like to do here and talk about our our three teams. We're going to start off with what was the most hype game out of our three teams, and that's Colorado Oregon. So Carson, I know I know before Carson speaks as a Colorado fan, he's a very humble Colorado fan. He's not going into this game expecting much from the Buffs. No, I didn't, and it just it just showed that an entire team cannot be changed through the transfer portal in one one cycle. The transfer portal can do wonders for your football team, as we've seen with CU, but in terms of in the trenches, depth on the offensive and defensive line, you can't build an entire offensive line and a deep, strong, big, fast defensive line in one transfer portal. That's going to have to come with Dion recruiting. Um, and they, Oregon was just, Oregon wanted it. Oregon wanted to knock CU down, and they were just clearly the better football team. Their offensive game plan of the little screens just making it easy and letting their athletes outrun our our linebackers and our corners without Travis Hunter was easy. I mean, it looked looked easy, but still wasn't that shocking. Um, I guess it would have been nice to see a little bit more from the offense, but again, if you can't run the ball because you have no offensive line, it's hard to put much on your quarterback, hard to put much on the receivers, um, especially when, again, a team like Oregon, top 10 team, has those type of athletes in the secondary. So... I mean, it's tough, but like as a CU fan, Coach Prime has already exceeded expectations. He's he brought he brought excitement, he brought notoriety, he made this fun, and he beat the two rivals. So, I mean, as long as he can get to six wins, seven wins, get the Buffs in a bowl game, it's still an incredible year, still fun, uh, still excited to see them come out here and play ASU. So, I mean, obviously it was not not how I could have dreamt it to go, but. It's it's nothing overly surprising, nothing to overreact about. And I don't think any Buffs fans are. Yeah, David, anything on CU at all? <clears throat> this game taught me that speed can do a lot for you, but end of the day, games are won and lost in the trenches, especially down the line. Of course, and that's like what you were saying on last week's episode is Colorado's speed is is great for them and their athletes on the outside. But and it's honestly similar to the Utah UCLA game. I think both were were lost in the trenches by the by the losing teams um and yeah i just think you know offensive line defensive line are the hardest things to build in the transfer portal and we saw the evidence of that on saturday yeah i mean i think that they covered cu pretty well i'm i'm, I'm like Carson. I, I was really really high on them this year i still like them still obviously excited to watch them play but again like Carson said six wins bowl game is a successful season and and i hope that the that Dion stays i hope Shador might stay. I hope he does. I bet he's I, going I, to I just like to for the it. Travis Hunter case because next year, with another year to recruit and transfer, the Buffs have a legit chance at the Big Twelve. It would be a toss up between them and Utah. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd, I'd be excited to see them again um, for at least another year. But let's move into what was the second biggest game of our three teams. That's Penn State Iowa. 
Um, David, you you watched most of this game, um, and you were not expecting anything like anything big from Iowa at all, and they scored zero points. So. No, I wasn't expecting. But you also didn't expect Penn State to roll like they did. I don't oh think. no, 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 no! I I expected us to win, honestly, a close one, and Penn State just absolutely dominated this game. I mean, Penn State ran more plays than Iowa had total yards. That is an I mean, unbelievable. I, I, I was terrible. Iowa's yeah. offense is awful, but Penn State's defense is absolutely legit. One of, if not the best defense in the country right now. And Penn State's offense, you know, thirty-one points against Iowa is not a small feat at all. Mm-hmm. Dominating in that weather type of weather. Dominating yeah. a ranked team like this is no small feat, even if it is Iowa. I mean, we all kind of knew Iowa didn't deserve to be ranked, but at the end of the day, they were. And Penn State dom- came out and dominated this game. Drew throwing four touchdowns. Uh, I was very impressed with Penn State, and I feel like this is Penn State's best performance on the year by a wide margin. This is kind of a tell to what we were talking about last week, and when Drew Aller kind of underperformed last week, and then we we're saying, you know, maybe he needs to be at home to be at his best because this was a ranked opponent, and he didn't, and he went in there and had one of his best games of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's, and like Carson mentioned, that the weather was horrible. And it did, and Drew did miss a couple throws. He missed a throw in the end zone, and then the next play, he's going to throw a strike. Uh, yeah, the weather was bad, so there wasn't a lot of Penn State didn't run, you know, a ton of deep shots downfield. A lot, it was a lot of checkdowns from Drew's side. I mean, 37 passing attempts and only 166 yards. But that was the game plan going in. We, Penn State doesn't have the speed and the weapons at receiver to take deep shots against a team like Iowa. But Drew did exactly what Drew had to do threw the ball when he needed to throw the ball, four touchdowns. Only team in college football to not have a turnover yet is a ridiculous stat, especially for a team with an inexperienced QB. Yeah, what I'll say about Penn State is, I mean, Iowa's offense is awful, but that Penn State defense is really good. And we'll get to it. We'll get to this on fourth and ten. But Iowa, Michigan, or sorry, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, this year they're all built on defense. Those three teams are all built on their defenses. And right now they look pretty evenly matched, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Penn State, um, they're going to keep dominating. I'm ex- I can't wait to see them play Ohio State and Michigan, but as long as Drew Aller can keep getting a little better, just continue to get more accurate, I'm excited to see what this team can do. Been my, my favorite Penn State game of the year so far because Katron Allen outcarried Nick, Nick Singleton finally. Um, but yeah, Penn. <laughs> finally? What do you mean finally? That's probably the one, I want the one thing you could be, be critical about. I want I want Keishon Allen to be the number one running back. Keishon Allen played better than Nick Singleton. Um, it was just uh, Nick Singleton is better, but Keishon Keishon was finding holes, and and that's been a main criticism of Keishon Allen his entire college career. Sometimes he looks for contact instead of finding the hole. But uh, on Saturday he was just finding the hole, and he was okay with getting four yards every time he touched the ball. Nick kind of did the whole Saquon at Penn State thing where he just danced around a lot. And it's going to cause big plays, but it's also going to cause you to lose a lot of yards on some plays. Yeah. Um, now to get into my team, Michigan Rutgers 31-7 win. Uh, absolute, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to swear, but a terrible first half from the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, it was really hard to watch. Uh, it was 7-7 for a while. They were losing for a little bit as well. Um, the main thing that I've talked about is one of their problems over this podcast has been the uh, Donovan Edwards thing, you know, under he hasn't ran the ball over ten times this season, and now you know he started off this game with a thirty-five yard reception. But I would I said to these guys on Saturday that I would like to see him move into more of a slot receiver role, especially when Blake when when Blake Horn's going to be getting twenty-one carries a game. Um, you you're just not going to have room for him in the team, and he's too good to not utilize. Um, but again, you know, a twenty-four a twenty-four point win against a, against the uh, conference opponent. Um, Jim Jim just got back. I know it, it wasn't what I was expecting from them this week. I thought the uh, I thought number one they were going to throw the ball a lot more. JJ only had 15 completions on 21 attempts, but still played really well. But looking back on this game, how I felt during the game and how I felt after is very different. I was very very concerned during the game, but after you know they're, they're still the number two team in the country according to the AP poll, uh, not according to us three. But um, we'll we'll get into that on fourth and ten. But in terms of Michigan, twenty four point win against a conference opponent is fine. What, what what do you guys think about Michigan? I know I know another concerning performance. You might Carson might go off here again, but we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm also not going to swear on your podcast, Mr. Petty. Same stuff, different week. I have nothing to say. It's just another week of 
up and down, bad bad moments, and then they run away with it because they're just by far the better team. It's just an, just another week with Michigan's. That's all there is to say. Like like you guys said, I'll, I'll get I'll get much more in depth during fourth and ten, but. Right now, I mean, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are all in the same boat, and I think Michigan has the worst offense out of those three teams. Well, I mean, yeah, Penn State's going the same amount of points as Michigan against Iowa is a huge concern on the Michigan side. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit a little bit more later. But like Carson said, it's the same week, you know, different coach this week. They got their coach back, and it's the same issues, um, which is a little bit concerning to me, but there's different concerns every week with this team, so we're not going to get into that too much. But, uh, yeah, right now we're going to get into uh, some, some game recaps from this weekend. All right, yeah, let's do some, uh, some game recaps here, starting off with the biggest one of the, uh, biggest one of the weekend, top 10 teams, Ohio State, Notre Dame, coming out. Uh, Ohio State comes out with the win, 17-14. Um, let's open it up with Ryan Day's post-game interview, Carson. Oh, I – all right, first of all, I, I first of all want to give credit to Kyle McCord because – Throughout the game, even I was tweeting how bad he looked. But man, yeah, he's pretty good game, against ten players. At the end of the game, in those last two drives, Marvin Harrison was doubled and he made throws. So Kyle McCord is not great, but it looks like he could do the job. It looks like he's at least poised enough to do the job. But to Ryan Day, obviously Michigan fans are going to hate it, and a lot of people are going to hate it because it. To be frankly, you could argue he kind of sounded like a baby. And it was kind of weird that he just started yelling at Lou Holtz, a 90-something-year-old. But guess what? I absolutely loved it. Because guess what? This is... this is The college football players and coaches are not robots out there for our entertainment. These are humans out there with emotions. And these guys, these coaches and players are the most competitive guys. That's why they are there is because they are competitive. And to show that the love Ryan Day has for his team and the passion he has, I love it. I love to see passion like that from a coach. I love shots being fired. It makes it more fun for us as an audience. It fires up his team. It just it just makes the whole like that's what that stuff is what makes college football college football. College football would not be college football with stuff like that happening. That's why we love it is because there's characters, there's talk, all this stuff. We we love it with Coach Prime, and I absolutely loved it. I loved Ryan Day speaking out, no matter how weird it might have sounded. I I love his willingness to go out there and stand up for his team. You know. You say like as Michigan fans, we're obviously gonna hate that, and you're right. But you know, as Ohio State, as an Ohio State fan, you're gonna love. I um, <laughs> are you gonna do this every week? Yeah, because as, as as long as you keep loving Ohio State, I don't love. I I'm not an Ohio State yeah, fan. I mean, I love, an Ohio I love, State would love that. An Ohio State fan would love that interview. But um, but yeah, for me, I told you guys on Saturday after we saw that, I said, you know, you bring up Coach Prime. There's there's coaches that are allowed to do that, and you look at that, and you're like, okay, uh, maybe that fires the team up, that gets them motivated. Um, and stuff like that, and you you gain you gain respect for that coach. But then you see Ryan Dago do it, and it's like a guy who's on the hot seat if he doesn't beat Penn State and Michigan this year, and miss and miss the playoffs. You just look at it and they're like, like all right. No, like, what, I completely what you, like, I completely understand that Ryan Day might not be warranted to speak like that, but it makes it more fun for us. Like just simply as a fan and a viewer, that type of stuff makes it more fun. When guys are going back and forth after a game, being willing to yell and stand up for your team after an interview, maybe it's not warranted. Maybe you sound kind of like an idiot, but it makes it more fun. It it, it elevates the experience of watching college football. It adds more implication it's, it's, to these games. It's it, fun it when fires the teams up. It's it's fun when like they have it planned out and they're like, well, "I'm going to say something about him after he disrespected my team." Not not where's Lou Holtz right now? Like where is he? You know, just he kind of looked like an idiot in my he opinion. Like and that's an idiot, not even I loved it because it was entertaining. It's it not the experience. That's what makes college football college football. Not a Michigan bias. I just think he looked kind of like an idiot. David, do you have any thoughts on this? But feels like feels like I'm the tiebreaker here, uh, and I feel like everyone knows where I'm going with this. But you would be wrong. I loved it. I loved every. Oh, second is David of it. an Ohio State fan too? Now? I loved every no, second. No, you are an Ohio State fan. Okay. And and the reason I loved every second of it is is because the main criticism for Ryan Day is it doesn't seem like he cares. You know, and last year, you yeah. get embarrassed by Michigan. He walks off the field like nothing just happened. In the interviews, it felt like nothing happened. And he showed a fire for this that he has for this team. He showed passion. I still don't think he showed a fire. Dude. And I, I love it. I, I love it because what Lou Holtz said was disrespectful. He came for the character of the Ohio State team. He didn't say they were overrated. He said they weren't yeah. tough. Yeah. And that's a that's a criticism that's that not a single football team. Good. Yeah, exactly. That's not it's not a not a criticism a football team wants to hear. I, I loved I hate Ryan Day and I loved that. I loved the fiery show. It get, and guess what? It might sound stupid, 
but saying Ohio against the world gets your players going. I, I don't it know. It may I, not I, be true. It may be dumb, but it gets your players going. Putting your players up. against it's you against the world. Everyone says we're not tough. It's us against the world. That works in the locker room. I don't know. I'll pull out a Luka Doncic quote. Everyone likes to talk when they're up. I mean, like, would, would I mean, honestly, he would have, like you said, he would have walked off the field if they lost this game, and Lou Holtz would have been able to talk as much as he wanted to, and Ryan Day would have done nothing about it. But everyone likes to talk when they're up. Ohio State. Well, because you can't talk when you lose. Ohio State. How do you talk when you lose? If, what? How do you talk when you lose? He has nothing to say. No, because Coach Prime owned his loss. But he has nothing to say until, you know, he goes out and... and, and Beat the team, but I, again, you guys talk about the fire and whatever. I didn't see it at all. As a fan um, of the sport, it makes it more fun. It makes it sure, more it fun. Sure, it adds a little bit when more grudges when there's emotion. It may it if if they're we don't want those guys to be just robots out there to play football. It's more than just a football game. It's more than just a play sheet. It's more than just a game plan. Right, it was corny, but I liked it. Absolutely, we can That's move on to the actual it. game. Um, you mentioned Kyle McCord. Uh, Carson, he was he was very good. He was very clutch, is what he was. But um, yeah, you know, David, does this game tell you more about? It? I'm gonna go with the, the age old question: Who does it tell you more about? It tells me more about Ohio State. I think Notre Dame is still a good team. You know, I think Notre Dame had a solid performance from Sam Hartman. Audrey Estemi is very good, but Ohio State, dude, they fought and and they proved the Holtz thing wrong. If they're not tough, a lot of te- I mean, Carson said it. He said McCord doesn't have it in him to bring them back in this game. And I don't think anyone thought I, that. And I was, and don't get me wrong, I said I agree. Like, I was fully in agreement with you on that. I don't think that the right game plan to beat Ohio State is to try to shut Marvin down. If I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm playing Ohio State, I'm saying Marvin's going to do what Marvin's going to do. That's almost worth And I'm taking though. away everyone else. It almost worked. Away away. It did. It, it did almost work until the last drive when. When Kamakor didn't even look in Marvin's way, they 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 cleared Marvin Stover out of the play and just yeah. threw the ball to Omeka and Stover. I but yeah, if I was a defensive coordinator, I'm saying Marvin's gonna do what Marvin's gonna do. Marvin's gonna get twelve catches. But nobody I'm, else. I'm not letting Omeka do anything. I'm not letting Stover. I'm shutting everyone else down. What I was happy to see was kind of a rejuvenated game for Travion Henderson. You look good out there. Ohio State's defense is elite. It is elite, and obviously there's still question marks about their offense, but Notre Dame was very good defense too. So I learned a lot about Ohio State. I think Ohio State's a better team this week than they were at this time last week. Yeah, so I guess I don't have a definitive answer because for Ohio State, I picked him to win the national championship because of that defense. Again, I thought McCord would be a little bit better, but he's trending up. He's trending upwards, but that defense might even be better than I expected. They that they can get after the passer. The run defense is great. Audric estimate 14 carries, 70 yards. Sure, an average of five yards a carry, but that's half of what he was doing. That's half of his season average. I mean, it was clear estimate. They did not let estimate take over that game. He had two drives in there where Notre Dame's run game took over, and that's when I said it was over. Once Notre Dame went up 14-10 and their running game was controlling the clock, I thought it was over. But the defense came in, stopped the run, and Kyle McCord, McCord came up clutch. So it's it's the toughness. This Ohio State team is tough. Like Ryan Day said, they're tougher than they have been in the past. And the way they won in the end um, showed that. But I will say about Notre Dame, I was expecting a lot more from Sam Hartman, especially with the run game being shut down. Again, he's not he's not on the level of the top college quarterbacks, but he was getting a lot of hype. He was high in the Heisman. He was, he was supposed to be Notre Dame's first quarterback to really put them over the top. I mean, he didn't play bad, but... When the running game wasn't going, he wasn't. He didn't do it. He didn't do what he needed to do. And I think I think that feeds into the Ohio State really showed how good their defense really is. Because right. to hold Sam yeah. Hartman to 175 yards is is pretty impressive. We're talking about a guy who has you know over a thousand two hundred yards on the season. I think he's leading in yards. No, he yeah, it's yeah. him and Michael Penix. But um, to do that, I, I think that that's a big concern for the rest of the Big Ten to see Ohio State's mm-hmm. defense hold it. Heisman candidate to 175 yards, like you said. It will be see- interesting to see, though. Like, we'll find. I like. I st- I have questions about Sam Hartman after this game. Again, I can. I love the Ohio State defense, and I do. But I do question Sam Hartman. Like, they play a tough defense this week with Duke. We'll we'll talk about that game later. But Duke's a tough defense, so I do. I expect. I expect a big bounce back game from him. Yeah. Um. The next game, and really the only game left to talk about here in this in this weekend, was FSU. FSU. Uh, Clemson. Um, we're going to get into more of the games, obviously, in 4th and 10 here in a minute, but let's talk about FSU-Clemson. Um, 
Florida State coming out on top in overtime in this game, and this shows you a lot about their maturity this year. Yeah. It really shows how bad Clemson is this year. They were they 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 kind of blew that game in my opinion. Well, the missed field goal blew. It yeah, too, but, but I mean, yeah, but in more areas. To to give to give Florida State chances to win this game multiple times was was kind of disappointing in my in my opinion. But Jordan Travis w- was fine, and to go into Clemson um, as a, as a team, you know, who has a lot of questions going into it about their maturity and stuff like that, and come out with the win is still it's still a big deal. But David, for overall thoughts on uh, Florida State Clemson. I really wasn't that impressed with with Florida State. I think there's there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Twenty carries for twenty two yards. I don't care if you're playing Georgia. That is not good. That is not good at all. And there's definitely concerns there. Jordan Travis did like I did learn that passing game is good enough to win games. They might have the just best receiving core in the country. Yeah, just the passing game. Well, Washington, but yeah, USC, no, yeah. But their passing game is good enough to throw the ball and win games just off that alone. Um, on the Clemson side, I mean, we kind of... I've been low on Clemson since the start of the year. Picked them to lose to Duke week one. I mean, I, all of us were low on Clemson to start the year, and, and to be 2-2 two and two is is definitely a concern for Clemson. And, and you're looking at the rest of their schedule. Like, they play three ranked teams. We could, we could be watching a 7-5 and five Clemson Tiger team, which is just insane. What happens when you don't use the transfer portal, Dabo? Just insane. Zero transfers on your team is is actually unheard of in, t- in today's day and age, especially a school like Clemson that can definitely yeah, draw that kids Yeah, could get there. plenty of transfers from SEC teams. It, it was it, Honestly, this game just wasn't great. Like Neither team really played that well, and it just the better team won. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, after last week, I mean, I've been high on Florida State. I picked them to make the playoff. And after last week, I said I wasn't worried about them, that they needed a game like that. But I have to be honest, it, they just look complacent. They need. I, it's weird to me how they came out in the second half against LSU and just blew them out. And they couldn't do that against Boston College and Clemson. That that they have to start doing that. It, they're not they're not going to beat Georgia. They're not going to beat Ohio State. They're not going to beat Michigan. They're not going to beat any of these teams if they can't come out and put the pedal to the metal. Because Michigan is not going to give them these IPA opportunities. These top teams are not going to give them opportunities to win games. Um, give them countless opportunities to go win games and win in overtime. Like Florida State has got. I it's it's they're a tough team. We've learned that if it's a close game at the end, they're good enough to win it but i fear that when they play a real offense it's not going to be close enough at the end to where they can squeak out a win so it is worrisome i i i need to see them start blowing teams out especially the lower um acc opponents i agree um i think yeah going into the game i said that they had a lot of questions and and david's right they they weren't all answered especially in the run game but i think this offense is good enough to to contend for a playoff spot um maybe there are other teams that that should jump them but they were we were all very high on them after the lsu game and i think everyone really has kind of died off that train um but uh it's going to be exciting to see if they can if they can turn it around because they will be very good if they can add a run game um to this offense but we are going to get into a week two of fourth and ten and that is again what we have to go over our picks. This guy's skipping over the picks. We got to recap our picks from week one. Yeah, that's part of that's part of later. But oh, we're gonna get into this the guy delaying. We're not it. Done. Oh, he's delaying. We're it. not done with talking about week one. We're gonna get into fourth and ten. We're gonna recap our picks from last week and get into our picks from for next week. There's gonna be a whole pick segment. Okay. But um, yeah, right now we're gonna get into fourth and ten again. That's David Young the fourths. Top ten teams each week based off of just a each great week. So name, so just an incredible name. Yeah, so we're gonna get straight into that right now. Oh yeah, week two of fourth and ten again. You know this is a weekly segment here on on Petty's Pod slash this show first. Um, David Young the fourth. Let's get into your top ten picks or top or top ten rankings. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. And, and I want to recapture the people how you do this. Absolutely. So yeah. so I rank it pretty much week by week. I look. And what happened last week is my number one criteria. As if criteria. you're an AP voter. Exactly, exactly. So what happened last week, number one criteria. Whole season, number two criteria. Overall talent on the team is number three criteria. So, and I, I want to give a quick shout-out to Charlie Young. Alabama's a top 25 team. I, I was wrong. I was wrong. I got him at 15. That was a little wild. I was incorrect. You guys know I like to go bold on 4th and 10, and we're going to start off with a pretty bold take We're going 10 to 1? We're going to go 10 to 1, and we're going to start off with number 10. I I consider putting Utah here. I consider putting Oklahoma here. Honestly, consider putting Notre Dame here, but 
at the end of the day, I got the Washington State Cougars at number 10. I think they look unreal. Cam, Cam Ward put himself in a Heisman conversation last week. 28 for 34, 404 yards and four touchdowns for him. They're my number 10 team in the country. Number nine, I've got the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I kind of expected this versus Colorado, which is why I didn't put them higher. They didn't really exceed my expectations. I did say Colorado was going to cover, but just overall, I, I, I expected Oregon to kind of handle this game, um, and they did just that. I just don't trust Bo Nix in a situation where if he is th- forced to throw the ball, I don't trust Bo Nix. Number eight is a team that I have dropping a lot after what we saw actually in person this week is I have USC at number eight. They they look they don't look invincible anymore after this week. They look like there are some holes in this team. You cannot give up twenty eight points to Arizona State at all if you're gonna be considered a top thirty team in the country. You just you can't do that. That's really, really bad. It's a, it's a, Arizona State sucks. Frankly they are just bad and they kept and there was a point in the fourth quarter where there was ASU had a chance to win the game. Yeah, they had the ball down six, which is just should not have been the case. They should have handled. Again, on the road in the Pac-12 is is never easy, but at Mountain America Stadium, it might it might be easy. So, number seven, the Michigan Wolverines are my number seven team in the country. They scored twenty four offensive points versus Rutgers. I don't think I need to go into more detail than that. They. Are, honestly, they're in the exact same boat that Ohio State's in, where they have a questionable offense, but an elite elite defense. And the only difference right now is Ohio State has a has a big win, and Michigan hasn't really had the opportunity to to have a big win. And frankly, I don't think they would have a big win. Like I, I might on a neutral field, Michigan versus Ohio State would be a very interesting. What I about Michigan know, versus Notre Dame? So, so do you think, saying, do you think Notre Dame would have beat Michigan though? No, I think it would have been about the same thing. Okay, but. Which is fair. But I've seen it from Ohio State. I haven't seen it from Michigan. So I'm expecting every single team that you list next to have a huge win. Okay. And they will, except Georgia. Who is Washington? Florida State is my number six team in the country. Two straight disappointing weeks for the Seminoles, in my opinion. I mean, going into Death Valley has a potential pass for what happened this week. I just... I'm looking at their whole season, and I just cannot get the fa- past the fact that they beat Boston College by two. I know it's a, it's probably an asterisk game. They just weren't feeling it that day or whatever happened. Something went wrong, so I have Florida State at six. And honestly, LSU struggling versus Arkansas is not a great look for Florida State. They they If you're a Florida State fan, you should want LSU to not lose another game and just dominate every team in the country from, from now on because – uh, the, the more LSU struggles, the worse it looks on Florida State. Number five, I've got Penn State. Uh, I, I fully believe they are they have the best defense of the country. 28 first downs to four, ran more total plays than allowed yards. Yes, it's a terrible offense, but but you can point to Iowa having an elite defense, and, and you can say Penn State outrushed Iowa 215 to 20 in this game. Unbelievable. Penn State needed that dominating win over a ranked team really bad, and I didn't think it was going to happen, and it did. And so I, I was very impressed with the Nittany Lions this weekend. Number four, and, and this is my playoff if the season ended right now. This is how I would vote for the playoff. At number four, I have Ohio State. They showed me something I didn't know they had in them, and it was a comebackable. Uh, I didn't know they could come back in a game like that. Like Kyle McCord, I didn't know he had it in him to to bring him back, and and like we talked about before, he was just he did exactly what he had to do. Mecca was open, every play, so he just had to throw it to him. That ball on was it third or fourth and eighteen was just a perfect ball to Mecca in triple coverage. Was a was great. It was a great great ball, and so I I was impressed with Ohio State this weekend. I think they are as of right now slightly the best team in the Big Ten. Number three, Texas. Uh, Baylor sucks, but they dominated Baylor. And any road conference domination like that, especially for a team like Texas who's been known to to um, struggle in a game like that, I have written down that this team cannot pull a Texas. They, yeah. they It feels different, and it doesn't feel like they're I mean, going to. They are. I mean, if they pull a Texas, it's going to be a, quite the fall. It's going to be, They've never yeah. been put up this high. No, no, and, and I can see a scenario where they lose a game they're not supposed to, but as of right now, they are just 
playing at an elite level. So I cannot drop them lower than three. At two, I got I got Georgia, and and this is mostly the talent argument. I think Georgia's talent is better than anyone in the country. There, I have questions though. I mean, their defense gave up twenty one points to UAB. That is that is definitely questionable. But Georgia has just just continues to do just enough to not be a disappointment each week. Like they are barely not a disappointment each week. They just haven't done enough wrong for me to really to really destroy them like this. And so I think you guys can all all figure out who my number one team is. It's the most complete team in the country as of right now, and it's the Washington Huskies. I know I'm gonna hear the argument they haven't played anyone and and I know I said that about Michigan. When Michigan doesn't play anyone, they struggle. When Washington doesn't play anyone, they dominate. Those are the two differences. I mean, Michael Penix is right now, I, I want to sell my house and put the money from that on him winning the Heisman Trophy. He's been so good this year. He can make any throw, and his receivers are going to get open against any team in the country. I think they will beat any team in the Pac-12. I think they will compete with any team in the country. They are my most complete team in the country. That's why I have them at number one. All right. Well, so I'll start with my reaction to fourth and ten, and it actually, it actually starts at the bottom. You cannot put Washington State ahead of Utah. And and the reason there's I no ended way up doing they just that. they just dominated UCLA. I mean, didn't dominate score wise, but they just completely shut down UCLA's offense, which has been good this year, and won the game, which they can do against anybody. They Seven did that against points versus UCLA is not good. With their backup quarterback, Cam Rising is going to be back, and, and that is and, and that you, is a that is a big asterisk next to Utah. After I am pick, ranking after I, picking USC or UCLA yeah, in that game, yeah, they, that I defense am, in winning against Kyle Whittingham, Kyle Whittingham, he might be. You could argue he's the best coach in the Big Pac-12. You could, so, you could, but I, it's, I am ranking the Utah team with no Cam Rising. That is fair. the team I have at eleven. That's fair. A uh, Utah team with Cam Rising is. Is is that's that Oregon Washington State tier, maybe even USC tier right now? I mean, we know what they've done to USC in the past, but I right now have the the a Utah team with their backup quarterback at eleven. I just think the toughness of Kyle Whittingham's Utah's team would the game would go pretty similar to the UCLA game against Washington State, but that's that's not a very fun argument. So here's a here's the thing. I I see why you put Penn State at five. They've got a great defense. Drew Aller's been really good but it's it's hard for me to put them above Michigan still because Michigan still has that great offensive line they still have that running I think their running game is still bigger better in big games um I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a bigger deal than you guys do that Jim Harbaugh's back because I I think Jim Harbaugh's an incredible coach um obviously that what defense was that last just, week what was that last week Dude, I'm not. They who did they who did they come off a game against Bowling Green? Yeah. In the pat no no in the passing game, JJ McCarthy. That was my 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 point was JJ McCarthy is not going to be different because of Jim Harbaugh. But Michigan as a team is going to be different when Jim Harbaugh is there. Okay, okay. Interior wise, I think I think I don't know if Penn State's offensive line interior wise is ready for Michigan State. I I. Or Michigan, Michigan State, State. Not Michigan State. I promise you were ready for Michigan okay, State. Okay, I think everyone's ready for Michigan State, but. Um, no, Michigan, I think, I'd still put Michigan ahead, but it's, it's very close. It's very close. I think them, Ohio State, and Michigan, um, are pretty, just similar teams. Great oh, they're, they're all in the exact same boat, and, and I will say a big stat for me is that zero turnovers for Penn State. Their offense yeah. is playing exactly how their offense needs to play with an elite defense like this. Yeah, I like that, and then... And I just need to see it on the field with Michigan. I know, I no, know I they agree. have I agree. all that's... the players, they have... Position for position, Michigan is better than Penn State. Like, uh, if you just compare yeah. every and that's why it's just I'm I'm holding Michigan yep. above Penn State by a thread. Like and it's, I'm, I'm not, seriously one week away from. I'm not going to be hesitant that. once I see a big performance from Michigan. I'm not going to be hesitant right. to put them not only in the top five but in the top. No, three. that's I just fair. Haven't seen it on the field yet. How I would like to see it. Yeah, but other than that, um, other than that, yeah, Texas. I mean that's gonna be one big fall if they fall. It's yeah. like Texas's falls are always big. It's gonna be something. something Very else interesting this game this weekend against Kansas too. Kansas can mess around and keep this game close. I don't know. I honestly I was ready after I heard all the you know Michigan seven you know all this stuff from you just now. I was ready to like lose my mind. But I'm honestly just gonna say I just can't wait for rivalry week and 
Bush Bowl season just for Michigan to make the playoffs, and you guys just be completely wrong. Well, what about wait? Excited for the Penn State. And I will say, this I'm guy texted me during the game and said Michigan should be eight to ten. No, 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 that is not what I did say. That is not what I said. And he did say he thinks that Michigan is losing to Penn State. No, no, no. Yes, you have said that multiple times. Yeah, first of all, the eight to ten thing is not what I said at all. You have said, and you can ask. I said this to my dad too, and he semi agreed with me. If they allowed a point in the second half, I would say, okay, maybe there's some more. There's more concerns than we thought, and they could drop significantly. But there's a reason they're still the number two team in the country. The AP is a little questionable most times, but to have them at two, there's still reasoning for that, and it's their defense and offensive line. I just their straight up last, last week, Penn State put a better performance game. together than Michigan has put together all year, and that's why I have Penn State above that. It was the whiteout at home in the night game. Correct, I mean, yeah. Just correct. You were at home versus Rutgers and scored less offensive points than we scored versus one of the best defenses in the country. Oh, and I, actually allowed less points, too. To, a, to I mean, I win Rutgers both sucks. I don't even know who has the better offense. No, I mean... But we did not allow a big play, and you guys allowed a 70-yard touchdown. Which is, and in I, the first and I, quarter of the game, and, and, oh, and, that, Mike, and Mike oh, Sanders still slipped you know, on the, you know slipped on the you know slipped slipped slant. The they put in a new rule that first quarter points actually still M- count. Mike they Sanders still really slipped on the slant, and you want to put them at seven because of that. That's why. Yep, that's what I said. Yep, Sit, yep. That is that was my quote exactly. Because Mike Sanders still fell down, Michigan is the seventh best team in the country. That's what, basically what, I said. what your your reasoning was that they let up a big play in Penn State. I, I gave you eight other reasons, and that's the one you pick. Yeah, it is. As of right now, I think Penn, if Penn State and Michigan play on a neutral field today, Penn State wins. I have them winning a close Jesus. game against Michigan See, on a neutral. Field. And now and I can't I, that game. And anymore. I think we lose a close neutral game against Ohio State right now. We're so, going to start the podcast after the Penn State Michigan game with the last five minutes of this podcast. I'm just going to replay it. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. I think. I think. Like I said, I think I, I. I see why David ranks them ahead. But if they played on a neutral field, I'd take Michigan because. Once again, I, I I say this every week you will have during zero the Penn State. Po- I'd say this every week during the Penn State segment, James Franklin, and I think the head coach mismatch in that game is is big. Like is is huge. I think I think if, if uh, I think Harvard, I think if Penn I think State Harvard had the same coach, like, uh, and I think James Franklin doesn't know how to win big games. I think if Penn State had the same situation that Michigan had with like Harbaugh getting suspended, I think we would actually be better. I just don't. Think I think I, like I think I think if if James Franklin got suspended, no, Penn State would be a better team. I I'm honestly I haven't even looked at that yet, but that's a good point, Carson. I mean, in big games, I mean, judging off like after the last games, two years, whatever, I trust whatever. You can't really oh, I don't I don't State disagree with State. you. I don't disagree with you. And and I as I said before, once I see Michigan put that on the field, like show on the field that they are the team that we all expect them to be, I will put them in the top three so fast. I just have not seen it yet from them. And every week, I expect them. I expect it to be the week. That they really show out, and they haven't done it yet. And once they do accomplish that, I mean, against Nebraska this week should be a 40-point Michigan win. And if I see that, and if I see it on the field, and I see J.J. McCarthy play a complete game, I see them actually give their second-best offensive player the ball, and I see their and I see their defense continue to gel, and I see their offense start to gel. They're a top-three team. I just haven't seen it on the field yet. No, that's fair. I think both sides are fair. It just comes down to Jim versus James for me. That simple. Yeah, I mean, I think this this weekend on fourth and ten, uh, David. You, I, I think the Washington at one thing is 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 pretty wild to me. But honestly, the more the more and more I think about it, it's not that crazy because, again, you're not the A people. You'll do you know the logical thing. Yeah, I don't really want to just be boring and put keep Georgia. At one. No, but, but it's not. It's not. It's that but that's out the there, thing. Though. It's it, not that it, out there. It, they have a. They you're not. You're not just doing something like stupid. They have everything you need to be good in college football. uh, Washington's defense has blown away my expectations. No, it's been good. I I think FSU ahead of Michigan is a little crazy. Ohio State is fair. Penn State's a little crazy. That one, I I switched Florida State and Michigan probably five times sitting here during the NFL pod, listening on this show first, but... I was sitting here. I literally switched it probably three or four times, and I just leaned because of the LSU win. Which is fair. That's fair, but but yeah. It also yeah. is getting to the point, though, with Florida State that, that this LSU win is starting, in my mind, almost canceled out by the Boston College. Yeah. Programs. We'll see. I mean, it's just they got, like I said, they got to start blowing teams out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it's that it's that crazy. Even though there are some some really hot takes, Washington State we already talked about. I think Carson Carson's right on that one. But um, but yeah. 
go to good edition of fourth and ten this week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week for fourth and ten. But before we wrap this episode up, we're gonna get into our uh, uh, pick recap of last week and then uh, our, our six to seven picks for this upcoming weekend. So let's get straight into that. All right, last week as well. Um, we don't really have a name for it yet, but we're just going to call it the pick segment right now. Um, Carson's really excited. Uh, he wants to recap each of our uh, our records from last week, and then we'll get into uh, our picks for this week's games. Yeah, I'll, I'll take over from here. So after after um, it was week four of the season, but week one of our picks on Petty's Pod, um, I stand alone at the top, 7-0. and um, the the wins that stood out for me um, was Alabama. These guys both picked Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Utah. Shout out Jalen Milrow, future. Uh, these, oh, <laughs> and these guys both picked UCLA. So seven and zero, ranked win for Jalen. Yes, it was a ranked win for Jalen. But week week one, seven and zero, good start, very good start. But uh, confident, not cocky. It could could slip away. Uh, David sits at five and two. Um, two games behind me, just because of the again the UCLA and Ole Miss losses. He did pick Ohio State, and that's where Tyler Petty falls four and three. His losses UCLA, Ole Miss, and he picked Notre Dame, which looks like that was going to be a win for Tyler. It just Notre Dame blew it. Marcus Freeman yeah, blew you it. Know, you know, Ohio State's pretty good when they're playing against ten people twice. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah that's not false. That's fair. Yeah, you could argue any team. So I mean, you know. I mean, I guess this quite. I mean. My last, my last moment of being a little cocky. Uh, any regret picks that you guys look back and say that was I just stupid? I regret not picking Alabama. I honestly re- that yeah. like like why? I don't like, even regret picking UCLA because that game just sucked, and either team really could have won that game. But Alabama, my mistake was I looked at the players. I I, I didn't even consider the coaching. And Ole Miss was very disappointing this week for me, too. And I, when does Lane Kiffin do anything against good teams, especially Alabama? Yeah, yeah not not this week. Yeah, I would say Alabama is my most disappointing pick. I, I, I liked my Notre Dame pick, too. I thought, I thought oh, it, 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 you, it was very likable for the first 59 minutes and whatever seconds of the game. Also, I mean, if, like, it, like if, if Dante Moore actually had a brain for, on the first play of the game and he wasn't super nervous and threw it straight to a defensive end on a quick slant... That game is very different. I just don't understand. How I you Whittingham. Throw, I don't understand how you throw a pick. There's a there's a DN standing on the 24 yard line, and you're throwing to a guy on the 35. I don't get how you throw a pick six there, but teach their own. You know. Jalen Milrow pulled off one of those as well. Five and two. I'm feeling. I'm feeling all right at five and two. I'm feeling all right, and I'm excited for this week. All right. All right. So. How many games do we have this week? Uh, six. We got six games this week. Obviously, we're not going to pick every college football game each week. You know, we're not college game day. But um, we're going to have a record at the end of the season. Um, winner's going to get something from the loser. But let's let's get straight into this week's uh, picks. We're starting off with Utah-Oregon State, uh, one of the ranked games this week. Uh, Carson, I'll start with you. Who's your pick for this game? <clears throat> you think I'm going to go Utah last week, stand alone, and pride over their victory and not go again? Whittingham's Utes twice in a row, beating Mr. Fraud at DJ Uyungle, I think. Dude. Corvallis is going to be rocking oh on my. Friday. Unfortunately, that will not matter. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to do it. That uh, was a DJ, nice Corso tease. DJ will not be able to perform versus a Utah defense like this. So I'm, I'm taking Utah in a close one. I will say in a close one. I think Oregon State is the best running back uh, in all of the Pac-12 and Damon Martinez, but Utah in a close one. I'm going to agree with that. I think I'm going to go with you. I think we go, we're going to sweep it with Utah. I, I agree with David. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game. Um, so we all go Utah there. Now we go uh, into a newly ranked team, I'm pretty sure. Were they ranked last week? No, newly ranked. Newly yeah, ranked, ranked Kansas at 24 versus <coughs> number three Texas, and we've been talking about Texas pulling a Texas. Could this be the week, Carson? No. Kansas, Texas winning. Quinn Ewers, I trust him. I I personally don't think Texas is going to pull a Texas before the national championship. I don't think they will, and they won't this week. I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's fun. Jalen Daniels is so much fun to watch. I think, but I think um, we saw what Texas defense can do against a mobile quarterback and Jalen Milrow, and they just they they're fast. It's a fast defense led by Anthony Hill, a stud freshman linebacker. So I think Jalen Daniels will. He'll still put up points, but he won't be able to be himself. Sark's got to prepare these guys for this week because this is not a normal Kansas team. 
and this is not a game that in the past if you play Kansas one week and Oklahoma the next week you are staring at that Oklahoma game especially mm-hmm. if you're Texas uh, Texas is just too talented everywhere to lose this game uh, it will be closer than people think I do believe but Texas will win this game I think I think for the reason that they're playing Oklahoma next week they go uh, they, they, they kind of lose sight of what they're doing in the moment and, and the first half is close and then they blow them out second half so I'm going to go Texas as well in this game um yeah, I think that I think they handle business at home against Kansas. Um, the next game we're going to go into is LSU Ole Miss. This is a very interesting game. Two pretty evenly matched teams, in my opinion. They both have disappointingly losses. evenly matched. Yeah, yeah. They both have losses to ranked opponents. Um, Carson. I mean, this is a tough one for me. I think um, I've personally been disappointed with Jaden Daniels this year. Um, I just don't think he's been the guy. I just uh, it seemed like he had this super high ceiling and he's maybe he doesn't it, I mean it's certain he's not reached it it is in Ole Miss um I don't know I I this is a little bit uh contradictory but I'm gonna pick Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss at home because I just don't think that like Brian Kelly's a great football coach but it just doesn't feel like it's working there's something just feels off it's just the vibe around LSU with Brian Kelly is ahead of it it just doesn't feel right um, and I just, I just don't think they're not using Harold Perkins right. So I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. Give me the Tigers in a, in a decent, in a decent game. I, I do think it'll be pretty close. But we all know what LSU did to Ole Miss last year. Uh, at the time, Ole Miss was a better team, and LSU just went and destroyed them. I will say, at Ole Miss is very interesting. But give me LSU. I have not been disappointed with Jaden Daniels this year. I mean. Maybe maybe to a, to a small extent, I do think he is still a top seven quarterback in college football. Uh, so give me give me LSU. I mean, I'm gonna completely agree with everything David just said. Uh, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I've not been disappointed by Jaden Daniels. I'm gonna pick LSU in this game. I trust him more than I trust Jackson Dart. Um, Ole Miss is at home though, is the only reason I would go Ole Miss in this game. But I'm I would go uh, I would go LSU in this game. Uh, but it's going to be a good game, close game. Um, next game we're going to go into is Notre Dame-Duke. This is a very interesting game this week. Duke is coming off a loss to Ohio State. Or, no, uh, yeah, Notre Dame's coming off a loss to Ohio State. Sorry about that. And then they go to a Duke game where they might get, they might, they might might go two straight losses here, Carson. I mean, they might get – Duke's going to play – I mean, Notre Dame is a little beat up from that game. Not sure how Marcus Freeman is going to get back. Uh, just because of how emotional and tough that loss was, I don't know how Marcus Freeman is going to get them back on course. Um, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think the Blue Devils pull off the upset at home in their first first college game day game in program history. Everyone that's listened to to this podcast knows exactly how I feel about Duke. Duke is going to win this game. The biggest advantage in football you can have is to have the best quarterback in the game, and I fully believe Duke has the better quarterback wow. in this one. Riley Leonard is is one of my favorite players in the country. I think he is he is that dude. He's another Daniel Jones Vanillavic type quarterback, and and I think he's I think he's that guy. I think Duke wins this one. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you guys on this one. I'm gonna go Notre Dame to bounce back from a loss to Ohio State. Uh, it's gonna be kind of what you think is, is gonna happen. Um, with USC this weekend, Carson, after being mad about uh, Arizona State and kind of beating up on your no, bus, it might but, be. but 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 I think I think Duke is has a really good defense. Duke has a really Duke's good defense. defense. And I just and honestly, I'm not convinced. And Sam honestly, Harvin. there are a, a lot a of defense. reasons to pick Duke. And honestly, I just switched my pick because I think Notre Dame is gonna is gonna be mad about the loss in a game that they should have honestly won against Ohio State. And if they won that game, they're looking at you know a top five spot for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, they're gonna need to win this game um, in order to keep playoff contention alive. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame in this game. Um, second to last game that we're gonna pick is Florida Kentucky. This is a very interesting game. Two again, two evenly matched teams in my opinion. Carson. All right. Well, if I were a Florida fan, I would. I mean, it would suck. I mean, Billy Napier. They they win a game against Tennessee, running the ball, and then they're then they change their identity. So. It's it's a tough game because neither of these teams like show that they're truly dominant or consistent, so it's kind of a toss up. It's a great game to pick, but I'm gonna go Kentucky. Go Kentucky, Devin Leary for my boy back home, Crumpa. Um, give me the Wildcats. I think both these teams suck. 
I think Kentucky sucks less. So give me Kentucky. I think the weapons Kentucky has on the outside are very underrated in Tavion Robinson and, and Barry on Brown. I think they're both very, very good weapons on the outside. And Devin Leary, you know, I haven't seen it how I wanted to see it from Devin Leary. But, I mean, if I'm picking Devin Leary or Graham Mertz, I'm, I'm going to go Leary every day of the week. Florida just struggled versus Charlotte, who sucks. And so, yeah, give me the Wildcats. Also, we have to mention no, Ricky, no. Ricky Pearsall's catch was absolutely <sighs> okay. phenomenal. Maybe the best maybe catch. The best, maybe the best catch I've ever seen. Best college so, football catch I've ever seen definitely by a wide margin for yeah, me. That completely. was unbelievable. This is a toss-up game for me, and when it comes out, when it comes to toss-up games, you find dumb reasons to pick the team that you're going to pick, and I think you guys both know why my reasoning, what my reasoning is for picking Kentucky, is we saw one of my favorite Kentucky basketball players of all time, Ty Ty Washington, this weekend at the ASU football game, who's in attendance. Um, Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, like David David said, it's hard to pick this game because both these teams are not very good, and then FS, and then Florida Florida struggled last week against Charlotte, so I, I'm not really high on them, but. They, they were very fun to watch against Tennessee. So, but I'm gonna go with Kentucky in that game. So again, very similar picks. And then the last game we're gonna we're gonna pick this this weekend um, is gonna be A and M and Arkansas. This is a this is another toss up game in my opinion, Carson. No, it is. And these are two teams with talent and just teams, with, especially Texas Tech, that just are underperforming this year. But I'm gonna go A and M, literally just because of Evan Stewart. If they get Evan Stewart the football. Um, they're going to win this game. K.J. Jefferson is just – that running game with him and Rocket Sanders, Sanders has been hurt, but K.J. Jefferson just hasn't been super impressive. Neither, I mean, neither is Connor Weedman and AM, but just because AM has the best player in the game, I'm going to go with uh, the Aggies. Give me Texas A&M by a pretty wide margin. I don't think Arkansas is good at all, and that is part of the reason why I'm lower on LSU than a lot of people. Um and I circle back to, to the Kent State game. Kent State just lost 53-10 to to Fresno State, and they lost 28-6 to to Arkansas. Arkansas scored 28 points against maybe the worst defense in college football. Uh, 21 offensive points because they did have a pick six in that game. So, And Texas A&M, during the Texas A&M Miami game a couple weeks ago, I, I was just thinking that I think the loser of this game is still going to be fine. Because I was, I'm very high on A&M and Miami. I think if Connor Wiegman plays, that's a big thing because he is day-to-day right now. But if Wiegman plays Texas A&M by two touchdowns, if Wiegman doesn't play, they win by like three. But I like A&M. Um, I like A&M as well. I'm going to agree with David more than Carson on this one. I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, like you said, David, I don't think Arkansas is very good. They haven't shown me any reason to think that they are a decent team and are decent enough to beat AM when they, like Carson said, have the best player in the game. Um, so I'm going to go AM there too. Very similar picks this week, a couple of different ones. So it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what the records look like next week. Um, but yeah, thank you boys for coming on. That's going ra- to wrap it up for this week of uh, CFB Mondays. We'll be back next week, obviously. Hopefully, 4th and 10 changes a little bit um, in, t- in terms of our team's. Uh, rankings on on Mr. David Young's uh, David Young's list, but uh, we'll be back next week for another good episode of College Football. It might be on this show first. We might switch it up a little bit next week. But um, speaking of this show first, tune into uh, the NFL Pod. We just recorded that. That's out out and about right now. So go tune into that. And uh, you know, thanks for listening. And we will we'll catch you next week.